So we concluded the, the homily series on the Mass last week, but there's a kind of a providential transition into the readings of, of this week as we move from the series just back into the lectionary, looking at the readings that the church gives us. Last week we talked about disposition and, and what we bring to the Mass in order to, to enter more fully into it and that it may have its, its full effect on us. We talked about two main obstacles, the first of those being sin. And the Gospel speaks a little bit about, about one sin in particular tonight, towards the very end of it. Jesus, when he questions, or he has the, the landowner in his parable question one of the servants, are you, are you envious because I am generous? The sin of envy. If I had to guess, most of us, when we examine our conscience, that's not necessarily the one that jumps to the front of our mind. And I'm an envious person. Envy is a sin of the, of the spirit. It's easier for us to, to experience and to relate to the sins of the flesh. And so those are the ones we usually you know, are convicted of first. I'm lustful. I'm gluttonous. I'm greedy. But rarely do we necessarily look at, at envy as, as being something that, that maybe we struggle with predominantly. And I want to suggest that, that maybe we look at that in a different view, that, that most of us probably really struggle with envy. We may not recognize it as such, but we do. What is it? What is envy? Catechism says that it's, it's a sadness. It's a sadness of the soul at the good of somebody else. That I see the blessings that somebody else has received. I say their gifts, their talents. Maybe good health. Something. Something that's beneficial to them. That makes me sad because I don't have it. And accompanying that sadness is also this disordered desire to possess it for myself. Sometimes even to the point of maliciousness and of hatred for the one who has it. And maybe we don't necessarily think of, of our own experience of envy in that light, but the reason I say that most of us probably struggle with this is because all the sins that we are used to confessing, are used to conv convicting ourselves of, flow from this. Envy is, is considered one of the seven capital sins. Capital vices, meaning it's a root. It bears other nasty fruit. And so when I see the success of another, and I perceive that that person is better than me. There's something lacking in me. Am I quick to judge them? Am I quick to speak ill of them, to gossip about them, in order to make myself feel more on their level? When I see someone who has material things, whether it be clothes, whether it be a vehicle, whether it be the newest iPhone, whatever it is, something that I don't have, that it saddens me. Am I tempted to maybe go beyond my means to spend imprudently, to keep up 
with that person, or maybe even to steal. Maybe when someone's dating or married to somebody that I wish I was dating or married to. I want that person for myself, and so I lust. A lot of the sins that that we typically fall into are rooted in the sin of envy. And the Lord, what does He want to say to us about that? Are you envious because I am generous? He tells the servant, look, I have not cheated you. I have not taken anything from you. I just happen to be generous with this other person. You have everything that I promised. And that's enough. The Lord wants us to wrap our hearts around that truth. Because when we don't, we end up comparing ourselves to each other and competing either to catch up with those who we we perceive are ahead of us in whatever way, whether it be materially, emotionally, economically, or spiritually even. We compete in order to measure up with them or we work to keep our status above others if we think that's where we are. And to crush our opponents. And that's a miserable life. There's no joy in that. We're constantly seeking to win the next battle. That's exhausting. The Lord desires that we find fulfillment in life. Not that we're constantly competing, warring against each other. So he says, stop stop looking at each other. Stop comparing to each other and stop competing. He says, look to me. I have given you everything that you need that's going to lead you to salvation. I have not cheated you. I have given you everything that you need and more. The sin of envy goes all the way back to the very beginning. We see it right after the fall. It's the relationship between Cain and Abel, two brothers. And because of the envy of Cain, Abel is murdered. Because he believed this lie. He was constantly looking to his brother and comparing himself, and he was upset, perceived that he was rejected. That he was below Abel as a result of, of God's blessing him and blessing his offering. The Lord does not want us to fall into that same trap. He wants us to be grateful for what we've been given to rejoice in that and then to know to know too that, that the gifts that others have, maybe that I don't possess, they're not meant to shame me. They're not an affront against me. It's not the Lord's way of saying, I choose her and not you. I like him better than you. That's not what the Lord is saying. Your gifts are my blessing. 
Your gifts are my blessing. When Paul talks about the mystical body, he says when one member suffers, the whole body suffers. When one member is honored, the entire body is honored. So when I recognize the gifts of a member of the body, maybe that I don't possess individually, it's still, still my blessing because we're united. And so I don't need to be angry. I don't need to attack. I don't need to fall into despair. I should rejoice. I should praise God. That's the way we attack envy, is by gratitude. Whenever we find ourselves, right, grumbling and sad that somebody else is successful, has the good-looking guy, the good-looking gal, has the job I want, has the family that I want, immediately begin to thank God for them and for the blessings that he has given and then thank God for the blessings that he has given you and to turn you from going in on yourselves and open us up to the greater blessings that the Lord desires to give us and so gratitude to fight against the sin of envy and then also the sacrament of confession The Lord is abundantly generous as he so illustrates in that parable. The sacrament of confession is the one one of the ways that, that he makes this manifest to us. That while we were yet sinners, he died for our sins, and that he chooses to forgive every time we repent and come to the sacrament of confession. And not only that, he gives us more than we need more than we ask for when we turn to Him in confidence and repent. And so as we, we proceed with the Mass, pray for the grace of enlightenment. The Lord may help us to see where, where envy may have a foothold in our souls and maybe where the other sins that we've been struggling with for a while flow from that. The grace to be repentant and the grace to be grateful for all the gifts that we have and the, the grace to trust in the Lord's goodness and in the truth of His generosity. The grace to thank Him and to love the sacrament of confession. If we knew what happened in there, we would never complain that the Lord has abandoned, that the Lord doesn't care about me. And so I'm going to close with a quote from from Jesus himself to St. Faustina, the Polish nun who he appeared to in the 1930s to speak of this generosity of his heart, particularly with the generosity of the mercy that he has there for us. Jesus said to St. Faustina, speak of my mercy. Tell souls where they are to look for solace. That is, in the tribunal of mercy, the sacrament of confession. There the greatest miracles take place and are incessantly repeated. To avail oneself of this miracle, it is not necessary to go on a great pilgrimage or to carry out some external ceremony. It suffices to come with faith to the feet of my representative, of my priest, and to reveal to him one's misery. And the miracle of divine mercy will be fully demonstrated. Were souls like a decaying corpse so that from a human standpoint there would be no hope 
and everything would already be lost. It is not so with God. The miracle of divine mercy restores that soul in full. Right. Before I come as a just judge, I first open wide the door of my mercy. He who refuses to pass through the door of my mercy must pass through the door of my justice. Souls that make an appeal to my mercy delight me. To such as these, I grant even more graces than they ask. I cannot punish even the greatest sinner if he makes an appeal to my compassion, but on the contrary, I justify him in my unfathomable, unfathomable and inscrutable mercy. <clears throat> 